words fill a page, pages fill a chapter, chapters fill a book. Every decision, big and small, writes the story of your life. Unfortunately, some people leave portions of their story unwritten. Sometimes that's why you need to go ahead and take the risk. My story, I decided to go. So we're in the fourth week of our series, which is My Story, Living the Life That You Want to Tell. If you missed the last couple of weeks, let me kind of catch up to speed. We all are coming to the point where we're embracing that we have a story to tell. We have a story that God wants us to tell. We were created by God to tell his story through our lives. And so we're coming to this point where we're beginning to understand the decisions that we make today determine the stories that we will tell tomorrow. And every single one of us has a story to tell. For some of us, you know, we, when we were asked to tell our story, we, we, we tell the highlights, the things that we're excited about. So we have parts of our story that we're excited about telling. And then we also have parts of our story, seasons of our lives, where we'd rather forget it, to be honest with you. We kind of regret going through that time in our lives, so we'd rather not talk about it. Now, this morning, in this chapter of your life, I believe there are many people who are actually sitting here this morning that God has been speaking to in a very special way. And you're realizing that something, something different needs to happen in your life. Something new needs to happen in your life. For others, it will be a, a future season of your life. But when it happens, you're going to realize God wants me to do something here. God is calling me. God is, God is directing me in a very special way. He wants me to step out in faith. You're going to feel it. You're going to, you're going to sense it. You're going, to, you're going to have that experience where God is speaking into your life. And, and you may want to kind of take a step back and not respond because you're a little nervous about it. Whatever the case may be. But you're going to realize that there's something more that God wants you to do. There's something more that God wants me to do. And when, when you get to that place, I want you to remember this. Sometimes, sometimes... It's better to make the decision to go when it would be easier to stay. Sometimes it's better to make that decision to go when it would really honestly be easier for us to just stay. Sometimes the best decision that you can make is to step out in faith. To step to take that step of faith instead of playing it safe. Or staying in your comfort zone. And you're going to get every, every single one of us in our lives. You've maybe ignored it up to this point. But God will keep asking. God will keep coming. And he's going to want you to step out in faith. And sometimes the better decision to make when, it, when God is calling you all the time. The better decision to make is to go when it would be easier just to stay and play it safe and stay within your comfort zone. I think we all have those times in our lives. I don't think, I know. We all have those times in our lives where we ask the question, should I go or should I stay? Last week we talked about it. Sometimes in our lives it would be easier to go, but you need to choose to stay. Well, this morning we're talking about stepping out in faith. 
And this morning we're saying that we need to make the decision to go even when it would be easier for us to just stay put. In this series, we're asking the question, how do we live out our story in a way that honors God? How do we live out a story that we, we want to tell? That when someone asks you about your life and they say, well, tell me, I asked, I call people this week, well, tell me your story, I'll tell you mine, you tell me your story. Let's get to know each other a little better. Tell me your story. And there are going to be times in each of our lives when people ask that question. And the question we need to face, right, we need to be thinking about is how do I tell a story worth telling to my children, to my friends, to my coworkers, to my family? It doesn't matter. How do I tell a story that honors God? That allows me to fulfill the purpose for which I was created. And we are just motivated to let people know this is who we are. This is what God has done in our lives. That's the desire of this whole series. That's the desire to step back and to realize that the decisions that we make today determine the stories that we will tell tomorrow. And so how do we do all that? Well, the answer is found, and we've we've talked about this already, in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. And it says this, let us fix our eyes. How do we tell a story worth telling? We fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. How do we do it? Jesus Christ to be the one who helps write our story. If we're going to go, listen, if you're going to go, then you're going to have to take a step of faith. If God says go and you choose to go, that is going to be a step of faith. That is going to be a difficult thing for each one of us. It's going to take faith because we're going to go to a place that we may not understand, a place we've never been before. God is saying you need to go, and you're saying, well, Lord, I've never been there before. In that circumstance, wouldn't it be good when you're stepping out in faith to be close to the one who is the perfecter of your faith? Do you want to have the faith necessary to step out when he asks? Then you need to be connected to the one who is the perfecter of your faith. Do you want to tell a story that pleases God? If you want to tell a story that pleases God, that honors God, that leads others into a closer relationship with Jesus Christ, with God, isn't it smart then to allow Jesus Christ to be the author of your story? Isn't it better for him to help you write the story of your life? See, today we're going to ask Jesus to give us wisdom and faith to go when it would be easier for us to play it safe. We're going to say, God, give us that wisdom. Give us that strength. Give, give us that faith, whatever. Give us what we need to, to, to go when it would be easier, Lord God, to stay in our comfort zone. And the Old Testament story I want to tell you that I think fits absolutely perfect with, with it is, you know, making the decision to go is the story of Abraham and Sarah. The story of Abraham and Sarah. So if you know the backstory, you know that at one point Abram was, before he became Abraham, was in Ur. And he was worshiping a false god, specifically the moon god Nana. So here he is. He's worshiping. He's in his own country, in his father's country. He's worshiping false gods. And so he's, he's, he's doing this. He's in Ur. And all of a sudden, as he's worshiping these false gods and he's engaged in his culture and everything, the one true God comes to him, comes to Abraham and says to him, specifically, 
says to him, I want you to do something different. The one true God comes to him and gives him a very simple and very direct command. And we find that in Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1. And it says this. The Lord said to Abram, leave your country, leave it, your people and your father's house. Leave your country and go to the land I will show you. Leave and go, he tells him, leave, leave. To go, listen, to go somewhere else means that you have to leave the familiar. That you have to leave what's comfortable. That you have to leave what's known. That you're going to go, you're going to leave what's easy, right? What's easy for you? What's predictable? So many of us in our lives build our lives so that we can get to the point where it's easy and predictable and comfortable, right? All those things. And now God's going to come along in each of our lives at some point. Maybe not leave your home, the home you're in right now, the town you live in. But he's going to ask you to do something that's uncomfortable. Leaving and going means leaving your comfort zone. And that's not something that most of us really like to do. But listen, in order to step towards your destiny, sometimes you're going to have to step away from your security. In order to step toward your destiny, you and I are going to have to step away from our security. I mean, some of us, think about this. Like you, you, you have been offered, some of you have been offered promotions, but you haven't taken the promotion. Why haven't you taken that promotion? Because the promotion is on the fifth floor. Right? You're on the third floor. You've heard stories about what happens on the fifth floor. Or maybe you haven't, so you have no idea what happens on the fifth floor. And so when they're offering this promotion, fear grips your life. And so you stay in the position you're in, not because you're not qualified to go to that next position, not because you're not qualified to take that advancement, but because you're uncomfortable, because you're settled into where you are and you figure, so what, it pays $20,000 more. I, I, I don't want to go up to the fifth floor. Bum, 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 the fifth floor. Right? So you stay where you are. Sometimes in order to step toward your destiny, you're going to have to step away from your security. Think about Abram at this point. Okay, it's Abraham, but Abram at this point, he's called to go to a place he's never been. He could have said something like, you know, I was kind of bo- I was born here. All right, Lord, I, I was I was born here. All my relationships are here. For goodness sake, I live on the cul-de-sac. I've lived in Ur for so many years, surrounded by my best buddies. We all bought houses on the cul-de-sac. Our, you know, we're hanging out. We go in the backyard. We grill together. He, you know, and, and, I, and, and, and I know my way around here. I've been in Cincinnati for like 25, 26 years now. Finally, I know my way around, okay, to Cincinnati. You put me somewhere else, I'll be 80 years old before I know my way around again. I know my way around. So, so Abraham, he could be thinking, he could have thought that, hey, I got this all laid out, relationships, my house is here, I was born here, my friends are here, all this stuff is here. And when I walk into my favorite restaurant, everybody knows my name. And they say, Abe, the usual. And I'm like, yep, the usual. And everybody looks and goes, ooh, that guy has a usual. And you know you want this. You know you all would want to walk in a place where everybody goes, hey, John, the usual? Because everybody else is like, I wish I had a usual. 
I wish they knew my name, right? So he could be in that situation. He's got it all worked out. The people in the restaurant know his name. I'm making this all up. It's not in the Bible. But they, they may know his name. Because some of you are going, man, I never wait. Let me go back and in restaurant. Abe, everybody knows your name. Isn't that from something else? Um, so that could be it. And so he, just think about this. That's what he could have thought. Everything was, if you will, comfortable for Abraham. And yet God is calling him to go to a place he knows nothing about. God is calling him to the fifth floor. God is calling him to join a team that he's never played on before. To join a club that he's never been a part of before. To experience something that he's never done before. Hey, you know what? Abraham could have said, you know, just fine where I am. Thank you so much. But God made some, some promises to Abraham in verses 2 and 3. And he says... Here's my promise to you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and, I, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the people of the earth will be blessed through you. And Abraham is probably thinking nations. Are you kidding me? I mean, he, he could, I mean, and his, you, you know the story. He, he could have been thinking, nations, you talk, God, don't you realize I don't even have any kids and I'm kind of old right now. And I, I, do you hear the pitter patter of little feet? I don't. Okay. You're, Abraham could be thinking, you're, you're talking about, you're talking about nations. I don't even have kids and you're, and you're talking nations. And here's something that's really important. I would kind of write some of these thoughts down because they'll, they'll help you as you go through life. Here's something really important. I don't know if you've ever made a promise to God. I don't know if any of you ever made a promise to God. I think everyone has made promises to God, right? You think, well, I never made a promise. You think about this. You say, God, if you'll just blank, I promise I will blank. If you'll just help me blank, I will. I promise that I'll fill in the blank. Right. But here's the thing I want to I want to tell you here. This is really, really, really important. Um, We are not changed. We are not transformed because of the promises that we make to God. We are changed and transformed because we believe in the promises that God has made to us. You don't, you don't get transformation in your life. You don't get true change in your life because of the promises you make to God. Where the true change comes, where the, where the faith is pulled from within, where, where you truly find that transformation in your life is when you believe the promises that God has made to you, not the promises you make to God. We think sometimes it's, it's, that's, we get confused. We need to believe God's promises. Just like Abraham, we need to believe God's promises. You know, I just, I want to stop for a moment. I want you to think about this. We, we played this game a little bit the first or second week, but, you know, play it forward a little bit. What would have happened if Abraham decided, you know, I'm not going to go. And he rationalized it and said, it would be easier for me to stay in the situation. And maybe God can still, God can still, God can still do things in my life just because I chose not to do that. God can still work in my life. And he chose, he chose not to go. He decided, he rationalized the whole thing. He said, you know, I, I, I tell you what, I, I don't really know where I'm going. I don't really, gosh, I don't want to take the risk. I mean, think about it. It's kind of risky taking that promotion following God into some new business, 
You know, these are all risky kinds of things, and I, I still think God can use me. So, But if he rationalized the whole thing like we often do? You know, today, we, people will talk about God, and what title do they give him? He's the God of what? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We talk about that. Well, if Abraham decided to stay and didn't go, there would be no Isaac. There would be no Jacob. And this world would be a completely different place. It would be completely different if Abraham did not walk in faith and obey God. Here, I'm going to tell, tell you something I, I need you all to truly embrace. I think about this so much as I write these different sermons. This is, this is so, so important. There is going to come a time in your life, okay? Every, there's going to come a time in every single person's life here that we need. You need to confront the fears that are holding you back from going. You have to. There's going to come a point in every single, youngest to oldest, every single person in this room, there's going to come a season, a point in your life where you're going to have to overcome the fears that are holding you back from going. I'm going to ask you a question. First service was really funny because people wouldn't raise their hand. (laughs) Who here is really afraid? You're really, you, you get really nervous and you're really afraid of fear of public speaking. Raise your hand. Raise them up, right? Some of you aren't raising your hand because you're afraid that if you raise your hand, I'm going to... Yeah, yeah, I I know, exactly. So let me ask you again. I am not going to force you to do anything or even ask you personally to do anything that will make you uncomfortable. So let me ask you again. Who here would be afraid, has a fear of walking up these stairs, getting in front of this mic, okay, and saying something in front of all these people? Who here has a fear of that? Raise your hand. Raise them up. Seriously, raise your hand if you're afraid of that. All right. Some of you are still thinking he's up to something and I'm not raising my hand. I have no problem public speaking at all. Don't call on me. I've got it. You're afraid. Here's what I want to do. I want to give five people. Okay. Because you cannot allow your fear of public speaking. You cannot allow any fear to dictate your destiny. Okay. So here's what I would like five people to do. Five people to come up here and just to walk in front of this mic and to say, good morning, everyone. Just walk up the stairs or walk up these stairs, go into the mic and just say, good morning, everyone, and go back down. That's all I need you to do. Okay? Because, because if you do this, if you're really that nervous and you do this, it is a fear that you're overcoming. You're stepping out in faith and you're going to do something you're really uncomfortable with. And some of you right now are dying to be able to do it. And you're thinking... You're glued to your chair. Satan is sitting on your lap, if you will, pushing you down in your chair, right? Because you're afraid to do it. I say, don't think, just jump out and come up here and say, good morning, everyone, and go back down. All right? Amen. You're right up here. That's it. There we go. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Someone's going woo-hoo, but that's not what we're talking about. You want to help overcome their fear? When someone gets up and breaks the fear, you've got to let them know how excited you are for them. Go ahead. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. Yeah. All right. 
Now, now, just time is time is tight. But listen, there's one more person. And God is whispering in your ear and you're not listening. Okay, you're listening, but you can't get out of your seat. Don't walk out of this room. Don't walk out of this church today going, gosh, if I'd adjust, I, I, I really wanted to blah, blah, blah. One more person. Okay. Yeah, you can do it like that. Give me encouragement. One more person. Come on up and say. You know what? Uh, you're awesome. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> oh, here, because here's the thing. That is awesome. Everyone who came up, give him a big hand one more time. Yes. Oh, it's so significant because it's people, people fear. They live out their fears instead of their destiny. And it drives me absolutely crazy. You know how I overcame my fears? You think, oh, my number one fear in life. No, not fear. I was paralyzed with fear. Okay. Dread was public speaking. Dreaded it. My history when I was growing up, the last thing because of all the experiences I had growing up, the last thing I want to do is get in front of anyone. You know how I overcame when I came to know Christ? God said to me, every time someone asks you to just do something you're afraid to do, say yes. Don't, don't have to pray. You don't have to pray to me. We already worked that out. Okay. Don't pray about it. Oh, I'll pray about it. And the fear will grip you the whole week. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't do it. I have other things to do. No, I said yes to everything I was afraid of. The battle strategy of the enemy to try to, to try to stop me because of, of fear is now become really stupid because every time someone says something or asks me to do something I'm afraid to do, I say yes immediately. You know how that works out for you if you're the enemy? Not very well. Because after a while you start to get confidence because you say yes to everything. And you're in front of people and you just, you just say yes, I'm going to do it. You know what? Another way that helps you really overcome the speaking, uh, fear of speaking in public, go to Africa or something and as a pastor, and all of a sudden you're standing there and they're doing something with the governor and they say, and now Pastor Jeff's going to get up and share. And you're like, what am I going to share? <laughs> and you have to get up there. You walk up there going, okay, God, download, download, Holy Spirit, download, tell me something, help me out. You know what I mean? <laughs> and just get used to it. That first little step, those steps up those stairs is your first step to overcoming those fears. I'm so proud of you for doing that is so important. It's so significant. It is so significant. God, God makes a promise to Abraham. And so Abraham in verse four says this. So Abraham left as the Lord told him. He must have been nervous. He must have been a little maybe overwhelmed going to a place he's never been before. But he says, I'm going to go what you, what, where you go, I'll go what you say. I'll say that song we were just singing. That's exactly what he did. You cannot allow fear to dictate the decisions in your life. You cannot allow fear to dictate your decisions because you will have absolutely no idea what you're missing. Imagine if I allowed fear to dictate my destiny. What would I be doing with my life? It'd be complete. My life would be different. My children's life would be different. My grandchildren's life would be different. My great grandchildren's life would be different. You think walking upstairs is no big deal. You just threw a pebble in, in, in the water and the ripples are going to go on and on and on. 
You've overcome. You took that first step. And look what happened. You didn't trip coming up the steps, which I think about a lot. You didn't trip coming up the steps, right? You didn't forget to say, good morning, everyone. And you said it pretty enthusiastically. And everyone loved it and gave you a big hand, okay? That was the experience. That, was that a very positive experience for everyone, don't you think? Very positive, all right? Yeah, amen. Absolutely. Absolutely. We need to make sure. It's because sometimes... The best decision you can make is to go when it would be easier for you to stay in your chair. It would have been easier for you to stay in your chair this morning instead of come up here and do what you did. Now, let's do this. I want to take a step back and I want to ask you, what do you need to change about the direction of your story? Right now, what do you need to change right now about the direction of your story based on the story that God wants you to tell? Based upon that, what step of faith do you need to take so your story will be what God wants it to be? Think about those things. These are all important questions you need to ask. What do you need to change about the direction of your story so that you can live a life that is honoring to God and tell the story that you want to tell? I want you to think about that because if you, if you think this through, it could change your life. It could change your life if you decide to go when it would be easier for you, when it would be easier for me not to go and to just stay where we are. Let me give you an example from my own life. You know, choosing to be a senior pastor was not easy. It wasn't easy. And you guys know my heart, so I'm going to share my, this story. And it's not, not being bragging. I'm just telling the truth in my heart. It, it was difficult because I, when I was a youth pastor, I really loved being a youth pastor, right? And I was actually really good at it. When we left our, our church before we came here, we had, over, we had about 900 students in our youth ministry. We had 17 paid staff under me, singles and uh, husbands and wives, 17 paid people. And, uh, and they, we needed those people. That's how back-to-back ministries got started, because we needed more staff. We had so many students coming, we needed more staff. And so we started back-to-back so people could raise support, raise that support and be assigned to the church. And so we had all these paid staff. I was able to speak at the Youth Workers Convention. I was able to write in Youth Worker Journal. And it would have been really easy, honestly. If I would have chosen to stay, I would have been safe, honestly. I'll use that word. I would have been safe. With that many students, church, you've got kind of, you know, you're tenured, if you will, okay? Um, I would have been safe. I would have been very, very safe. But God God began to push me a little bit, if you will, and began to speak to me. And other people in my life began to speak to me. And especially my wife one day said, you know, it's good to love your job. But, you know, sometimes it seems like almost an... And she wasn't criticizing and saying, you're picking it over me. She was just saying, I want you to be praying about this, how much you hold on to this and how much you love it because i would always say i'm never gonna i'm never gonna i'd never and so i went out in the back of my house and i was walking along these grapevines I, it was this house had beautiful grapevines we lived in and i was walking along and i said to god god you know i offer up my isaac you know i love this but i give it to you and i honestly before god i'm just being honest I thought that was to be the end of the story because i offered it up i said i would do it you know i never say you're not gonna do something because god's gonna ask you to do it well i did i thought that'd be the end of the discussion Within a year of that, hey, I'm willing to go, I was basically the pastor of Grace Chapel. We started Grace Chapel. Things continued to transpire. I laid out fleeces and God moved and continued to move. And here I am because I was willing to go. 
when it may have been safer, if you will, to stay. I had no guys. I had no idea um, what life was going to bring. And so my question for you is, what step of faith do you need to take? What step of faith this morning do you need to take? Some of you need to um, get involved in the church more. You don't get involved because you're uncomfortable. You're not sure, you know, you never, you've been to the Methodist church and the Presbyterian church and the, and the Baptist church and every other church. And you came, you, you come in, your grandparents came in, they sat, they left. Your parents came in, they sat, they left. And you came in, you sit, you leave. And you think that's the way church is. And, and, and it would be uncomfortable for you to break that pattern. But you know what? You're not really maybe serving, engaging as much as you could and getting what you can get out of, if you will, in a positive way, your, your, your family church experience. Some of you need to teach a Bible study. You've been seriously, you've been studying long enough. It's time for you to lead a Bible study. You don't want to lead that Bible study. You know why? Because someone might ask you a question. You don't know the answer. Raise your hand if someone ever asked you the question, you didn't know the answer, right? Yes, for goodness sake, people ask me questions all the time. I don't know the answer. I try to either fake it. No, I don't do that. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> yeah, I just ramble on. The person's like, did he actually answer my question? I try to act like a politician. No, I don't do that. I just say, hey, I don't. That's a good question. I don't really know the answer. I'll get back to you. Oh, that was, you know, ruined my life. You need to get over the fear of someone asking you a question. Some of you don't. Some of you need to go to a life group. Okay, you need to go to a life group to go to a Bible study. You know why you don't go? Because you're afraid that they're going to sit in a circle and someone's going to say, hey, John, what do you think? Or, John, can you close us in prayer? Or, hey, can you open up to Exodus chapter whatever and read that for us? They have no desire to be put on the spot. Neither would any of you, okay? And so I don't know if you know this, but I've talked about it in our life group training sessions. You can't ask people to pray out loud unless they volunteer. You never ask people to read out loud unless they volunteer. And don't say, hey, tell us what you think. That's why people don't go. Fear, fear. Because if I said, okay, uh, why don't you, one of one of you come up here and read Ezekiel chapter 39, verse 4. Anybody want to try that? I don't think so. Because you know how many names and places are in probably Ezekiel chapter 3? You know what I mean? And you're going to feel uncomfortable, so we don't want to do it to other people. But here's the thing. Now that I said that, you have no fear, and now you can go to your life group, right? Right, amen, right. So you don't have to worry about it, because I told everybody, don't put you on the spot. So have no fear. And if people do that, say, you know what? Here's what you do. Here's your answer. I would love to read Ezekiel chapter 39, verse 5. But Pastor Jeff said, I can't, so I'm sorry. <laughs> I would if he told me I could. I just can't. I, you know, so that's your, that's your reason. Nope, sorry, I can't talk out loud because Pastor Jeff said I can unless I want to. And so I'm not going to, so leave me alone. All right? So that, some of you, you need to start a ministry, a specific ministry, a 501c3 you, that, that helps someone who maybe someone who have kids who are disabled or whatever else. You always want to do that. You need to step out and do that. Some of you have a book, okay, that is in your heart that is, that is just dying to get out. Set it free, my friend. Set it free. Let it go. Let, get it out there, okay? Go. Get your, your laptop. Start typing. Stop making excuses for why you're not doing it. Someone last week, before I even preached this sermon, it's, you know, we decided to go, said, you know what? I'm going on vacation. I'm taking vacation because I'm going to go and I'm going to write my story. Her story is incredible. I said, go. Write that story. Put that down. You say to yourself, well, I don't want to write a story. It's a lot of work and it's never going to be a number one bestseller. Who cares if it's a number one bestseller? And who can read it? Your children. 
children, your grandchildren, your friends, those who you can inspire with your story. If you have a book in you, get it out. What are you waiting for? Some of you need to start a business. Now, don't just go out and start some huge business, lose a lot of money, but you need to start a business. You need to think it through. Get some people around you, tell them your idea, move that business down the road because your story may be we started with nothing and now we have this incredible business because God called us and we stepped out in faith. Some of you, it might be that you need to foster or adopt. That's what God's calling in your heart to do and you're just kind of dragging your feet. But now, maybe now's the time you need to step out in faith and find out what it entails to foster or adopt. Right? Now is the time to step out in faith. You say, all those things sound overwhelming. Oh, how am I going to do it? By faith. Because the Bible says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. We want to please God with our story. How do we please God with our story? By stepping out in faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, in verse 8, it says this. I love this. By By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as an inheritance, listen to this, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Take the promotion. It doesn't matter if you're on the fifth floor or the ninth floor. You're not sure what they want you to do. They'll explain it to you when you get there. He obeyed and he went. Go. When he was called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, the promise, he obeyed and went even though he did not know where he was going. How will you do it? You will do it by faith. I've never, I've never, it's, it's okay, you never. How will you do it? You will do it by faith. When God calls you to go, but you don't know where to go, how do you do it? You don't know where you're going. How do you do it? You do it by faith. We started back-to-back ministries. And the very first phone call I ever made to anyone on the planet, here's how the phone call went. It was an administrative person, and I said, hey, here's my idea. Students are too many students, blah, blah, blah. I want to be able to do this. I want to lay this out. I want people to be able to raise support. You know what his answer was? That's impossible. That won't work. I knew it wasn't impossible. There are people all over the world do things like this. And so I basically put the phone down. I took a deep breath. I said, I didn't ask you if it was possible. I said, I'm going to do it. How do we do it? First phone call. Then down the road a year or so, we're back to back. We're going into Mexico and flying back and back and forth to Mexico. And then Todd and Beth Guckenberger moved to Mexico, save faith, save their one salary and move to a place. Okay, they've never been before. And now we have to, we are a sending organization. First person who hears that we're a sending organization, quote, what makes you think to me, what makes you think you can be a sending organization? They were angry that I would have the gall to be a, a sending organization. Because you know, you know, sending organizations were in Genesis when God, you know, he, he, he somehow turned, he, he got all these people and turned them into sending organizations. So no one ever stepped out in faith. He just made, they just exploded into existence. You become something when you step out in faith and you do it. What makes you think you can be a whatever it is for you or me? Faith. That's what makes me believe that. 
I'm sorry, doesn't the Bible say that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world? Doesn't the Bible talking about stepping out and walking across the water, passing through the seas, facing the lions and facing the giants and facing the world and overcoming your fears? And the first moment you have a chance to sit down with somebody in the faith, right? And you say, here's what I feel like God is calling me to do. That's impossible. What makes, what makes you think that you can write a book? What makes you think that you can start a business? What makes you think that you can lead a Bible study? What makes you think? Ravi Zacharias on the way to the church this morning, I listen to Ravi Zacharias all the time. On the way to the church, he said, the one apologetic struggle that I have in my life, he said, I'd never said this publicly before, but he said, is that we sing about transformation and we talk about transformation. We read about transformation. We write about transformation. But he said, I don't see people living out transformed lives. Stepping out in their faith, believing the promises of God, if you will. Don't listen to anyone else. If God is speaking to you, get the people around you you trust the most. Seek their counsel. Yes. But step out in faith. At least go down the road. If the door closes, let the door close. But don't let anybody talk you out of something. When we started Grace Chapel, three weeks before we started Grace Chapel, we had no idea... Where we were going to meet. Just knew that God wanted us to start. I had no idea where we were supposed to meet. My only, my, only, my only option at that point, three weeks before, was someone had an indoor pool. And we were thinking running boards across this heated indoor pool and putting plywood on top of it. And putting the seats on top. That would have been really interesting, wouldn't it? You can see the whole thing crashing in. Um, but all, it just people sitting there sweating in that indoor pool environment with the humidity and everything. But that was our only option. We had no idea. Deb and I stepped out in faith and we sold land in Lebanon that we really loved and we wanted to keep. But we had no idea how many people were going to show up. We didn't know if we were going to have a salary for the next six or eight months. So we just sold the land and we were going to live off of the land that we had. That we love so much. We had, we had no idea. You know, God, for some of you, hear me out. You control, you, you want to control everything. I'm not, I'm just making a statement. You want to control everything. But listen, he's not going to tell you every detail of what he wants you to do, what it's going to look like. Because most likely, if you could see the future and see what he's asking you to do, you probably wouldn't do it. God is in the details. If he says go, you go. If he says stay, you stay. If he says jump, you say, thank you. If he says jump, you say how high. Listen. How are you going to start what God calls you to start? You're going to start it by stepping out in faith. By going when it would be easier for you to stay. See, I don't, I don't know, guys. I don't know what God is calling you to do. But I do know this. One day, every single one of you will have to give account to God. And before you have to give account to God, every single one of you is going to have to tell your story. So, grandma, grandpa, mom, dad, tell me your, however it works out. And I do know this. Here's the question. Will it be a story of faith or will it be a story of fear? 
Will it be a story of faith or will it be a story of fear? That is what we have to realize and we have to ask ourselves. We need to be able to pray to God and say, God, whatever you call me to do, whatever you want me to do, I am going to do it. I pray for each one of you. When that question is asked, it will be a story of faith and not a story of fear. I pray that when the time is right and God calls you, that you are willing to make the decision to go rather than to stay when it would be easier for you to stay because of the decisions that we make today determine the stories that we tell tomorrow. I pray for every single one of you that your heart would be filled with hope, not fear. When God brings you that, when God calls you to that thing, that your heart would be filled with the hope of the future and the possibilities of the future and not all the fear that Satan wants to put into your mind and heart. I pray that you would, that you would have a, that you would have the courage that you'd have the courage to leave the life that you're living now and sail into a new world, sail toward a new world that you may not know what may happen in that new world, but that you would have the courage and that you would have the belief and that you would have the enthusiasm, excitement to believe in the possibilities That you would believe that there's an adventure out there waiting for you that's beyond your wildest imagination. That God is going to do immeasurably more beyond beyond what you can ever, ever ask or imagine. That is my prayer. That is my prayer for every single one of us. That our story is a story of faith and not a story of fear. For weeks you see nothing but the horizon. Perfect and empty. You live in the grip of fear. Fear of storms. Fear of sickness on board. Fear of the immensity. So you must drive that fear down deep into your belly. Study your charts. Watch your compass. Pray for a fair wind. Pure, naked, fragile. Hope. Ready for the archduke in the court of waiting. Let them wait. Go on, Mr. Raleigh. You were hoping? At first, it's no more than a haze on the horizon. So you watch. You watch. And it's a smudge. A shadow in the far water. For a day. For another day. The stain slowly spreads along the horizon taking form until on the third day you let yourself believe you dare to whisper the word land land life resurrection a true adventure 
me out of the vast unknown, out of the immensity, into new life. That, your majesty, is the new world. Should bow your heads with me. Facing the unknown is a challenging thing to ask. But God's going to ask every single one of us at some point in the season of our lives to do just that. And I want each I want each of you this morning to make a commitment that when the time comes, you'll go when it would be easier for you to stay. In week one, we talked about deciding to start a discipline. And so many of us made that commitment. In week two, we said we're going to stop doing that, which is holding us back from telling the story that we want to tell. And so many of you made that commitment. In week three, we said we're, we're going to decide to stay when it would be so much easier to run away. And you made that commitment. And this week, we're going to decide to go when it would be easier for us to stay in our comfort zone. I want you to think about this morning, just listen, listen here. I want you to think about and pray about a step of faith that God wants you to take. A step of faith that you need to take and decide to go. Take those first steps. Many of you know what it is already. And if that's you, I want you to go to the back, to my left, the back left, while the band is playing, you don't have to wait for them to finish. While they're playing, I want you to go to the back left and I want you to write down on the floor, what is God calling you to do? How is God calling you to step out in faith? Where is it that you need to make and take that step? What comfort zone do you need to leave? Some of you have been paying over the, praying over the past few weeks about what you need to start and what you need to stop and where you need to, where you need to stay instead of go. And, and you've prayed about those things. And this morning, you know what they are in your heart. I want you to go around the rest of the room and write those down on these other areas. Start and stop and stay and go. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. Don't wait for anybody else as the Spirit leads you. Make a commitment today to follow God wherever he chooses to call you. I decided to go when it would be so much easier for me to stay. As the band plays this song, listen to the words as God speaks to your heart. And at whatever point you feel you need to get up and write that down, you do that. Father God, we love you. We praise you. Use us, we pray. Use every single one of us, we pray in Jesus' name.